0: Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett.
1: Well, here we are back with our number three uh, here on Sound Off, and we are proud and privileged to have join us again. Uh, our, uh, well, I, I guess it's probably the only architect we've had on this show, but I'm so so proud to have Cheryl Fosdick from CF Design. Uh, Cheryl, the more I uh, look the more I look at your stuff uh, go online You've you've designed and put together some beautiful uh not only homes but redone architectural uh, buildings, uh commercial buildings and stuff here in the Northland. a lot of good stuff out there.
2: Well, thank you, gosh, that's awfully nice. Just came off Madeline Island in fact, at a very
1: interesting project. You kind of do a little bit of everything, right? I mean, you you yeah. do, yes. You, you'll you'll take somebody who, uh, for example, they've decided uh, they're at that point in life they want to build their own home. They want to have it designed with their characters, their uh, uh, likes in mind. If they want big windows towards the sun in the morning, you'll do that for them. You bet, I absolutely will. And in fact, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the big advantages of working with people who have been around for a while.
2: Is that they tend to accumulate things that they really love. They uh, they have possessions that they want to uh, kind of rarefy and and keep in good stead, and so they bring all sorts of uh, stuff to the to the table, uh, so to speak. Tables, sometimes chairs, paintings, art in particular, sometimes even light pictures that they've carried through the various houses that they lived in. So they come with a rich array of, uh, of background and and uh, and temperament and and information and family history and all sorts of things that bring to the table. So it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I bet it would be a lot of fun. And Cheryl, I, I bet I can tell you that one of the things you found over the years is a lot of people have probably said, you know, I like what you're doing, but boy, I wish we could find the kind of lighting, uh, this modernistic lighting that would go with our home and you've gone out and made that happen as well because all of a sudden uh, appeared out of nowhere Loom Studios, which is a uh, you know really beautiful studio with a lot of up-to-date modernistic lighting designs and concepts, just all kinds yep. of great things.
2: Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Yesterday we had a a couple fly in from uh from New Orleans and uh they're doing a historic project out on Madeline Island and, and the house is six generations old and they came in to look for modern lighting because uh in those days lighting fixtures were, were really not very useful. They uh they had a no. tendency to kind of be bright and bad for your eyes. <laughs>
1: you know the old design type stuff too was the old knob and cleat lighting where you had to little turn a little knob to turn on the light and it was not very functional not all that safe either but uh, no, so you're you've right. got your you Cheryl you've got your architectural studio and loom lighting studios kind of side by side on superior street there correct we do.
2: In fact, we're at 310
1: East Superior Street. We're right across from the uh, the Sheraton Hotel, and
2: out of the corner of my eye, I look at our new uh, medical complex, the new Essentia building. So we're in a nice spot. Oh. We light up the evenings on the sidewalk and make it easy to walk from Vickers to the downtown theater district.
1: That's got to be spectacular. And folks, if you want to, if you want to talk to Cheryl. Uh, about architectural designs or about uh, remodelling a business that you may be involved in, you can simply get a hold of her by calling her cell number, which is area code two one eight three four three zero nine eight three.
0: I am sorry, Cheryl. We lost Brad there on that connection. And uh, do you just want
1: to give yeah, that phone? Did.
0: Do you want to give that phone number again, real quickly? Sure, that sounds good. It's
2: 218-343-0983 or cfdesignltd.com.
0: So you were on Madeline Island. Uh, How was the ferry ride?
2: I was. The ferry ride was very nice. It's 31 degrees warmer right now than it was when I went over. So uh, things are looking up here. Blue sky. It's looking great.
0: Good, good. Well, good. Uh, we, We will talk to you again next week.
2: That sounds great. Thanks so
0: much. You bet. Cheryl from CF Design, and I apologize for that glitch with Bradley. We do have Jeff on the phone from Superior. Jeff, you wanted to talk about the Supreme Court.
3: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this yesterday, or since especially since yesterday, when the state of Illinois, or a Cook County judge, ruled that Trump couldn't be on the ballot uh, pending uh, uh, you know, a decision by the Supreme Court in April. They're going to hear oral arguments about Trump's uh, you know, claim that he's immune from prosecution, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the first thing I want to say, I guess Maine and uh, Colorado were other two other states that didn't want to put him on the ballot or wanted to take his name off the ballot, even though he had qualifying signatures. The first thing I, that comes to mind is, you know, the Republican Party is a private institution. I mean, I think it's judicial overreach, to go into a political party and say who and what you can choose as your as your candidate i if i started a party jeff's party and i required all my uh you know candidates to choose a cartoon character to be on the ballot with their name that's you know i mean would the supreme court say you can't do that i mean the thing is it's a private institution and this is where i think ronald reagan says you know government doesn't need to be involved in a lot of things so whether you have a person's name on the ballot or not, um, you have to look at the fact that he hasn't even been convicted of any crime. And Exactly. So, I mean, it's way, way out of whack. But I, I will say this, and I don't want to be negative, but I want to be. We are living in a time in American history that is really unique. And I'm actually proud of the fact that we have five men and four women on the Supreme Court, a uh, diverse race and all that. But the next presidential election is going to be so important because I think Clarence Thomas might be retiring in the next four years. You know, whoever's president will have to pick his replacement. So I have a lot of thoughts on it. And I, I really want to hold the Supreme Court on a, the highest standard of ethics in our country because uh, we really need people to step up and defend our country and, and, and uh, you know, be proud of, of what America has accomplished. We're such a young country. We got more to do. We got more to live. So that's my two cents today.
1: Good two cents, Jeff. Very good two cents. You're absolutely right. We need the Supreme Court to step up and make some decisions uh, that will uh, allow us all to move along, get things going here. Um, See, I I don't mean to frighten people here, um, but uh, Vladimir Putin has just had his equivalent of the State of the Union Address. Evidently, it happened yesterday in a uh, in a city. Uh, it, it was called the Gostini Dove Conference Center in central Moscow, and it was before a huge audience. But I'll tell you what, if you listen to him for almost two hours, the guy stood there and talked. Um, it was rather frightening. Uh, in his more than two-hour-long diatribe, Sniffling, Putin accused the West of trying to destroy Russia as he vowed to fulfill Moscow's goals in the Ukraine. He was actually sniffling either like he had a cold or something. Speaking before an audience of lawmakers and top officials, he also lashed out at the U.S., claiming it is trying to defeat Russia and drag us into an arms race. Putin, 71, I'm not so sure he's wrong, Putin went on to insist Western Russia must be properly protected from NATO after they welcomed Sweden and Finland into the military alliance. The rambling tyrant claimed NATO forces are preparing to strike out territory or strike our territory. But he insisted in his venom-filled speech that the consequences of, perf- of potential invaders would be much more traffic- tragic. In a thinly veiled threat, Putin warned the West was in danger of nuclear conflict if they sent troops to the Ukraine. You know, here we go again with this thing, and, and this is what, I, what I've said all along with us being the surrogate to the Ukraine by providing them with arms and weapons and rockets and uh, everything but the kitchen sink. That sooner or later, Russia, especially if they get the total control in Ukraine, which I think eventually they are going to get, there is... You know, remember how Vietnam started. It was a little conflict over a couple of boats out in the Bay of Tonkin, and they're not even sure how that really went down. And then the next thing is we put advisors in. And the next thing, I was part of a troop employment of 500,000 men uh, into a a full-blown war. Uh, But Putin warned the West was in danger of nuclear conflict if they send troops to the Ukraine. He bragged how his unstoppable nuclear rocket, Sarmat, known as Satan-2, had been delivered uh, to Russian forces. Putin also boosted how Russia has weapons that could defeat us on our own territory in a chilling warning uh, during that same presentation. So I I don't know if there's something, you know, there's been discussions that... uh, Potentially, Putin may be uh, may, may be sick, may have cancer or something. They're not sure. Uh, but he's going out of his way now to uh, threaten uh, that if, if we move any closer. And, and I, I think what he's saying is that he sees a track here where Biden could find a way to commit American troops. You know, because let's face it, Ukraine is not... This huge conglomeration of people, uh, it has lost, they claim, in their own words, they claim they've lost 31,000 troops uh, just in the last two years. Uh, Speculation is that it's probably a lot more than that. Uh, But they have started to recruit older men, older women. Uh, They're trying to recruit people from other countries. Um, And we just don't know where this is going to lead to. But for some reason, Biden keeps pushing to commit more and more dollars, more and more tax dollars, more and more uh, American um, tax dollars into equipment to fight Russia, even though that war has now been in a stalemate for almost a year. And the word is that uh, uh, Ukraine is finding it harder and harder to find the manpower to operate the weapons that they do have. So... I'm really concerned that we're getting into a situation here where it, it, it it's going to be untenable and where he starts threatening to use nukes on us. Um, that, that's very frightening. We've got to take our first break of hour number three. I want to let people know we've had a little, we've had some uh, mechanical problems with our system over the last few days. Uh I don't know where it's all coming from but I have my people coming today to uh, deliver a brand new modem a higher speed modem hopefully maybe that will be part of the the answer to these issues uh but anyway we're going to take a break uh get that out of the way and then we'll come back with more here on Sound Off on a Thursday in the Northland
0: KDAL time, one twenty five, coldest in the lower forty eight, Brad, this morning, twenty-two below at International Falls.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: The ice box. That hurts uh, your
1: bones even to talk about it. Well, it's the ice box capital
0: of the nation, so they're kind of used to it. But I will tell you I look at these numbers well every weekday, and it's been a while since I Falls it was the coldest in the lower forty eight. Minus twenty two this morning. Boy, they've warmed up about uh twenty thirty five degrees yeah yeah boy there are th- what are they at now th- well, 13 degrees thirteen above at international falls right now when
1: you think about it isn 't it bizarre i mean the, the the one of the minneapolis papers this morning i don 't know if it was saint paul or or Minneapolis, but they said that yesterday there was a change of forty eight degrees within about a twelve hour period.
0: Yeah, once that northwest wind kicked in, uh, the temperature dropped fast, and boy, I'll tell you, it really was uh, something. Say, i got to tell you, Brad, there's a couple of things going on here that I wanted to share with you and your listeners. I guess number one is uh, we got this uh, state representative, uh, Roger Scraba, from Ely, and he issued the following statement today reacting to news that pulsar helium has discovered helium concentrations at the Topaz Project near Babbitt. Now, this is pretty good news, Brad, for the region as we continue to look at ways to diversify our local economy, he said. I look forward to working with state regulators to make sure that helium drilling can proceed here in northern Minnesota safely and effectively. Helium is an incredibly important gas that is needed for a variety of modern products, and I'm hopeful that we can source this gas and process it here in the Northland in the very near future. Pretty cool.
1: You know, Babbitt is going to become like the epicenter of uh, exploration and development uh, because there was also a huge story in today's Duluth News Tribune. uh, In the same general area, just a little bit south of Babbitt, north of Duluth, in uh, in three different locations, one called uh, Siphon Wyman, another called Scebo, and another called TITAC, uh, they have discovered titanium deposits. Um, and we, evidently, they've known that there were certain amounts of that there for a long time. Uh, but uh, recently, a new company, Vancouver, Canada-based Greenbridge Metals Corporation, has entered into an agreement with mineral exploration company encampment minerals to acquire up to about 80% interest in four projects between boulder lake and babbitt the company said it will begin its own exploratory drill now you talked about helium I, i'm questioning what what do they use helium in kenny you said it was used in a lot of uh, products but like what? I can't, I mean, I, when I think of helium, I think of helium balloons, you know, the, the air that goes into those <laughs> and raises them up. Well, that's one of the things
0: you use it for. It, it's a non-renewable resource. It, um, it's non-toxic, and it, it's used in a variety of things, including um, national defense.
1: Well that that's what this story today in the Duluth News was talking about too because w- what do you think of when you hear the word titanium? You think of the Terminator. I think yes. he was
0: made from titanium. <laughs> I think you're no, right. It's well, a very hard you,
1: metal. Exactly, extremely hard and it's widely found but not widely mined evidently according to the story, but it has become increasingly more valuable as it's used in metals to build submarines, ships, aircraft, spacecraft, automobile parts, prosthetics. Uh, you've maybe heard of titanium knees. I have a, I have a couple myself. Uh, artificial limbs, even sporting equipments are made out of uh, titanium, which is a strong, coercive, resistant material Um uh, and I guess in, it's a very high-valued... I mean, there's a lot of value in if you have certain amounts of it. Evidently, in about 2017, the Natural Resources Institute in the University of Minnesota Duluth announced that it had successfully processed some 10 tons of ilamite uh, from the long Nose deposits just northeast of Hoyt Lakes using a two-step process once mechanically and then hydromagnetically processed where acids leach the minerals out of the rock into 99.8% pure titanium dioxide. Now, will we mine this or are we going to say, no, we we can't do that. Uh, you know, we, we we're not really sure if it could, you know, there could be something that might get into the water uh Greenbridge this um, this company that is doing the mining said it's focused on acquiring battery metal rich mineral assets and the development of Minnesota properties any potential mining is likely years away and would likely face steep opposition from who let's say it all together folks Environmental. environmentalist <laughs> from St Paul <laughs> Exactly. They all live
0: down there and they come up here. (laughs) Well, this statement from uh, again, uh, state representative Roger Scraba, a Republican from Ely, and this uh, Pulsar Helium Topaz project is believed to be home to one of the world's highest content helium occurrences. And just reading
1: never. I'd never heard of that. No, you Isn't don't think of amazing? helium in the no. Iron Range
0: too much. It's an inert gas. It's not harmful to the environment. And uh, one other thing I read here, Brad, is that uh, a lot of people are most familiar with helium as a gas to fill party and parade balloons. However, helium is a critical component, includes uh, including scientific research, medical technology, high-tech manufacturing,
1: sp- space exploration, and national defense. Sure. Maybe making some of those uh, balloons to uh, do <laughs> spying on China. Who knows? Yeah. No, but, you you know, we sometimes take for granted, uh, you, know, you know, we know they do iron mining up in the range, but we 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 don't stop to think about all the other things that are up there. And in this story, by the way, out of the Duluth News Tribune this morning, it talks about how some of these things Uh, have been created. It said they're found in areas on the western edge of the Duluth Complex. Now, what is the Duluth Complex? Well, it's an area that was formed when the Mid-Continent Rift 1.1 billion years ago tried to pull North America apart, sending magma up and leaving behind deposits of copper, nickel, and other metals in other words this area up on the range was an area that was trying to be pulled apart by uh you know nature underground and it was creating magma which is like volcanic material came up leaving behind deposits of copper nickel and other minerals it's amazing when you look at some of what's gone on in, in some of those areas. See, Brent, if I could real quickly, we're going to
0: go to CBS News break. We do have Tom Sullivan on hold. I asked him to hold, and he wants to give a recap of uh, Tuesday okay. night's caucus. I'm,
1: gla- I'm glad he came back to us because I'm curious to see how the turnout was and what what happened. So that's good. We'll get to him right after our CBS break.
0: KDAL time is 136, 21 degrees in Superior. Winds are kicking out of the east, Brad, at 10 miles an hour, gusting to 18. So, yeah, we get a wind chill out there of 10 in Superior. And looking out onto the big lake, well, there's a bit of a chop out there. Yeah, there's some white caps, but uh, we're not going to let this bother us. We're above zero. (laughs) Aren't we supposed to get up to maybe 50 by the weekend? Tomorrow, Brad, Friday, sunny, breezy, 52 degrees, in wow. Superior for the high tomorrow, yeah.
1: That's outstanding. So we have Tom Sullivan on the phone with us, and we've asked Tom uh, to call back after the uh, caucuses uh, that took place Tuesday night up at uh, the uh, middle school, Lincoln uh, Middle School, the new Lincoln School that's up above the railroad tracks. They're up above Wheeler Field. Uh, Tom, give us a little insight. What happened? Was there a decent turnout? What happened? uh any in, in, any interesting things that people may want to know about?
4: Sure, Brad. The, uh, of course, as you know, following the weather here in Duluth, uh, we did have one day of winter this year, and it happened to be on caucus night. So I'm sure that affected the attendance a little bit, but we felt we had a real good turnout considering the the weather and considering this is the first time that the, the two ends of Duluth met Together in one place, so uh, we had almost hundred people there, and it uh it was a very very good night
1: that that is yeah now um the process that went through you had people register at six six thirty and then they broke out into their own little uh precinct caucuses um what, any um any surprising things that came out as far as what people wanted to see on the uh, um on the ballot, not so much on the ballot, but maybe on the uh, um, on the planks. Yeah. Yes, on exactly. The planks. You bet. So, yeah, we uh, and we
4: started at seven. We uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, uh, the deputy chair for the Minnesota State Republican Party come up, gave a talk uh, at the outset of our meeting. And, uh, you know, discussed things that are coming up and things that are uh, going to affect uh, everybody in the state, of course. And uh, then after that, uh, meeting together uh, as a group, then we split into precincts. And each precinct was allowed to have time for people to talk, put together uh, ideas and uh, proposals, which would be uh, presented by the precinct chairman or chairperson, and uh, then any ideas that they put together would go from there to the state of Minnesota. So uh, Mary Briskey, who's our, our chair here locally, uh, called me with a question yesterday uh, regarding the precinct that I was in, and uh, uh, she was busy putting it all together, so it all gets sent down to the, to the state of Minnesota Republic office, and then they will take any ideas or potential platform planks, they'll put them together down there, and they could be presented at the state convention, and any that are approved at the state convention can go on to the national convention. And that's why the term grassroots comes up, because an idea that somebody in Duluth, Minnesota, or Cotton, Minnesota, or Big Fork, Minnesota, might come up with could go all the way to the National Convention and become part of the party platform.
1: Right, right. And that that has happened. Yeah,
4: it certainly has uh, on several occasions. So that's how the party platform comes together. Before, when I was listening, waiting for uh, Kenny to put us together, uh, talking about helium and, you know, mining the, the helium, so to speak. And uh, you know it brings up the you know the idea of i mean there 's an idea about mining, and that wasn 't necessarily one of the, the platforms that came up, but that 's certainly one of the things that 's very strong in the minds of uh, the folks up in our area, particularly the iron range, because sure. we would uh, we 'd rather see our precious mineral be mined and do the mining in our own backyard than to have to go and buy. Uh, products from slave labor-produced uh, countries, and we've Absolutely. got all the all the things right here that you know to be mined. So we're lucky in our area to have this in our backyard. And the you know the one the, the one party that's pushing electric electric cars and 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 uh, the like, batteries. They're getting all that precious metal from overseas by uh, child slave labor production.
1: Yeah, and see, we've got got so much of that right here. Kenny and I were just talking. You know, there's two stories in the papers today that uh, they've discovered helium in an area just north of, uh, up by Babbitt. Also uh, titanium, which is used in so many military uh, operations, but also in the making of battery components. And all we've got to do is, is start the process and find a way to safely mind and work these uh, the and we could be providing really good paying jobs for a lot of people for a lot of years
0: you know brad if i could jump in here uh, tom my wife was at the caucus i hope you got a chance to talk to her i did and i told her to say hi to you jan was uh, she's the caucus chair of our precinct brad uh, precinct 26 but she wanted me to mention that one of the people on her precinct uh, filled out a resolution form stating they were opposed to open borders
1: Oh, well, that, that, that's good.
0: <laughs> but that's a topic. Like somebody's a, opposed uh, to but it. But that's, that, that's an issue that's coming from a voter. And I think that that's important when we hear this from people that are in our precinct, in our districts, in our city, what have you, that this is an issue that's of top of mind to them.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that should be top of mind to absolutely everybody. And I don't know why... That has to be even considered a quote political issue, yet it is because we have a large percentage of this uh, of this nation uh, a, a, a percentage that happens to be shrinking as we speak, but they 're all for open borders and we've got uh, yeah. we 've got uh, governments in in New York and California that are on their way going bankrupt because of the money that they 're spending to attract these And I'll use the word illegals that they're paying for. They're illegals. And uh, New York is not only giving them health care like uh, California, but they're giving them money. So they're giving them food, shelter, clothing, money. And that's coming right out of the taxpayers. And that's something that I don't think that should be a bipartisan issue. We have to close our border
1: we do we, you know any nation that doesn't control its borders is going to have problems and we're having those issues right now um well tom thank you so much uh let me give you just you know we've got to pay attention all the time to what's going on even uh at our own uh, you know at our own legislatures for example there there's a story out this morning Uh, about the fact that the state of Minnesota, it seems to me like the state of Minnesota has almost become our big daddy lately. They want to control everything we do. They have a new bill out now, Senate File 3554, that creates a paint contractor board to oversee the licensing of anybody that paints so that everybody has to have a license uh, licensure if they are going to paint anything. And we're not just talking about professional artists painting frescoes in a new church. We're talking about Tom, your neighbor, who maybe paints decks on the weekend to make extra money. Now, I thought it was rather interesting when you looked at the sponsors of the bill were three Democratic farmer labor senators, Jennifer McEwen from up in our area here, Judy Seberg and John Hoffman. All of which, by the way, were backed in their election by the Painters and the Allied Trades Council and the union that stands to benefit from this bill. i tell you, people, you got to pay attention to what's going on because people are coming up with bills, self-serving bills that we really don't need to have everybody. Uh, we don't have to have Minnesota become manipulated and controlled in every aspect of our life uh, by the government. It it really uh, just does not benefit anybody. Paint is a low-cost way to spruce up a home before you sell it. And uh, if this goes through, we're going to have to hire a licensed painting contractor even to paint a room. And, And they're talking about going to places like Home Depot and other places and controlling it so that... You can't buy anything other than small increments of paint, which maybe are just touch-up type things, because they want to control everything in the state of Minnesota. Well, listen, folks, we're getting close to that time that we got to do our our Minnesota news break. Uh, When we come back, there are some other Minnesota issues I do want to talk about. The legislature here in Minnesota is looking at... uh, uh, asking one of the Democratic lawmakers to resign over a potential conflict of interest. And I'll talk about that when we come back briefly here on Sound Off as well. So let's take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll be right back. Sound off on 610 KDAL.
0: KDAL time is 152. Uh, We're overcast here in Duluth right now. Uh, Current temperature at the National Weather Service, 19 degrees. The low temperature this morning in Duluth was minus one. So we've warmed up uh, 20 degrees in Duluth.
1: (laughs) Say, Brad. That's a lot in that short period of time.
0: Yeah, I wanted to uh, mention real quickly that Fox 21 has reported that uh, after two deaths on West Skyline Parkway, Uh, This month, a call to action by a lot of concerned residents. Mayor Reinhart told Fox 21 that he is taking steps to increase safety on Skyline Parkway. Uh, Good deal. Yeah, one of the things he said is that uh, crews have been clearing brush on Skyline and opening up sight lines. Finally! I've been saying this for decades! (laughs) Exactly! Oh! So it's just terrible that it's taken deaths to do this, but that's what's being done. So they are removing brush to open sight lines. They will add speed limit signs where they might be needed, and they are Good. investigating and seeing if flashing lights on stop lines, uh, stop signs, a mobile speed monitors, or bump strips in a couple of places might there be needed. Go. I'm going to say this, Brad. S- put stop signs. At Skyline, at the top of Fifth West, uh, West Fifth Street terminates at Skyline. It's a bad, yeah. it's a bad intersection, Terrible Brad. Intersection. Terrible because of intersection. the uh, incline of Fifth yep. Street or the ascent of Fifth Street to Skyline, it's just a put stop signs there. So that, yep. and what I mean by that is, on Skyline at Fifth Street, have drivers on Skyline come to a stop.
1: And I like the idea of flashing stop signs, because at night, you don't always see them, especially if you're coming from down low up to that skyline. Just as don't long don't as, as it's not too bright, sign. because at night, those
0: flashing lights, is, oh, I can't see, I'm <laughs> being
1: blind, oh, I'm going to crash. <laughs> oh, it's not going to blink in your home on your No, 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 I'm, of I'm saying of
0: the, <laughs> while driving, because sometimes those flashing lights are bright while you're yeah. driving, so not real bright, but yes.
1: By the way, uh, some people may feel that this is a good thing. Others may not care one way or the other. But uh, it, it turns out that leaders have reached a deal to avoid a government shutdown because of finances. Uh, congressional leaders uh, announced late yesterday that they've reached a tentative agreement to prevent government shutdown for now. <laughs> the end of the week deadline was when it was going to happen. They... they. Uh, They have not, however, immediately, uh, there's no immediate plans for approval of the $95 emergency emergency national security funds for the Ukraine, Israel, and other sources. House and Senate are still going to work on those, um, but they did approve the first three uh, bonding, which is the Veterans Affairs, Departments of Agriculture, Transportation, Interior, and others will be voted on and enacted before March 8th. And then there are six bills remaining for the Pentagon, Homeland Security, Health, Human Services, State Department. They will be finalized. Uh, They may stay at the same limits that they are, but at least there is uh, movement on both sides to make sure that we do not go into any kind of a government shutdown. Uh, And this whole situation about whether we're going to continue to fund the Ukraine, Israel, and others. I think after this uh, less than a veiled threat this morning by Putin that we have to really look at what we are doing with the Ukraine and if we are going to make lifetime enemies of the Russians. uh, I don't know if that serves anybody's purpose. Oh, by the way, one other quick thing, and I know we're running out of time. Remember when Biden uh, used his... uh, government authority, evidently, and passed this $1.7 trillion spending bill. Uh, this was uh, about a year ago. Well, the Supreme Court has now ruled that that is unconstitutional. Well, not the Supreme Court. It's a federal judge in Texas ruled Tuesday uh, stopping Biden's immigration programs and opening the door to stopping spending of billions of dollars of tax- taxpayers' money on follow-up lawsuits congress passed its uh, 2023 omnibus appropriation bill um december 29th but is, in so doing house democrats continued their covid-era policy of allowing members to vote uh without being uh present in the chamber in other words they could vote from vacation they could vote from anywhere Well, a federal judge in Texas has found that that's illegal. You have to be uh, available in the office, uh, in the Congress or in the Senate, and so that may stop some things. Uh, By the way, one one more thing that I found just absolutely incredible this morning, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris has come out and said that the Democrats are going to allow the government... To pay college students to register voters, why not does that does that smack that it yeah. could be a problem? <laughs> just go high, just you know don't be cheap, don't
0: do twenty bucks, do a hundred bucks oh no. five hundred yeah, yeah just g- yeah. go over the top on this one why not
1: and and of course, they're not going to uh this is going to be a nonpartisan uh registering of voters yeah <laughs> you know what, Brad yeah,
0: right. thank God for the Electoral Vote, the Electoral College.
1: Yes. Yeah, because who knows what's happening on the uh, regular voting? Uh, Is it going to happen this year that we're going to have people go to their precincts and vote in person, or are we going to have big mail-in ballots again? I don't know that anybody really knows at this point, do we? We're becoming an asylum state we're becoming an uh, asylum it, nation. It's crazy. We really are. And Minnesota, is it socialist that we are going down where we're going to have anybody that paints even part-time decks and things has to be licensed and controlled by a painter's board? Well, folks, we'll be back tomorrow, Friday, right here. A big hockey game tonight. I'll be watching it, uh, and we'll talk about that in the morning as well here on Sound Off KDAL Radio. Stage of
4: Cheers. Yeah.